Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. This is episode three of the off-season of Almost Cooperstown. And as we go into the off-season, I think, you know, we always talk about teams. Are, what's always talked about now is, you know, new players going to, you know, a new team, you know, people getting signed. But I think something that gets occasionally brought up every offseason but you know it really never ever goes past you know a theoretical is the idea of expanding the major leagues and having more teams in there currently and 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 you're right and we haven't had an expansion uh since the i think the diamondbacks came into the league uh with the marlins in in 1990 well, no it was the rays they came in the rays i'm sorry the rays you're, you're right so it's that's a long time um although there have been longer periods of time where there was no ex- expansion true it's just it's just interesting because of I mean, going through the history of expansion, what's interesting is kind of looking at it compared to the rate of the teams expanding to the rate of population going up within the U.S. And that's even, you know, also bringing up the fact that, you know, during the early parts of baseball, just entire subsets of the population weren't allowed to be major leaguers. So that's going to have an impact, too. So it's interesting looking at, you know, where expansion has gone so far and, you know, looking forward, whether or not we could expand more. I, I I think there's room for it, um, and and I'm sure baseball is thinking about that, and and, and I think they've talked about even making it a world sport at some point. I it's hard to see that because you'd have to have you know I don't know how they do the travels uh, and things of that nature, but you know baseball is a global sport at this. Well, point. I mean, if you wanted to do something like that, the easiest way would be to essentially create divisions for each region, right. and then you know the top teams from each division at the end of the year go play in some tournament. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard with all the teams here in in the U.S. There'd be an imbalance, obviously, because you would never have. Yeah, you would have to the overload other. the number of teams from the major leagues making it in there. But let's you know let's talk about how we got. I was like talking about how we got to now um, and expansion. You know, in baseball before 1900, um, kind of happened a lot. So you know, a total of 27 different franchises participated in in the league, in the National League, as it were, between 1876 through 1891. So teams are moving around. You know, know. there's also a lot really not expansion. It's also the birth of the game. Yeah, and there was also just a lot lower barrier to entry back then. It was basically did one person have enough money to pay nine guys to play baseball? So in 1876, uh, the National League, which is the senior circuit as we call it, uh, franchises in Boston, uh, which were called the Red Caps. Uh, We know them today as the Braves in Atlanta, actually, not the Red Sox. Um, and Chicago was the Chicago Baseball Club. They won a world championship, I think, in 1876, and they are the precursor to the Cubs. So they're the only two teams that sort of have have lasted, you know, all the way through uh, uninterrupted. Um, but in, in in 92, the National League expanded 1892. To 1892. Just- in 1892, they explained, you're right, into 12 teams. So that was a big thing. They added four teams from other leagues, right? The American Association in this case. So there are lots of leagues that would pop up as we talked about in our um, in, in our earlier episode six. Um, and, and the National League had already picked up two AA franchises in Brooklyn and Cincinnati. Um, and there's Brooklyn and Cleveland, New York, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. So you've got you know, cities that are still uh, major league cities today uh, that, you know, are, are getting going. But in, by the time 1900 rolls around, um, you've got, you've picked up Louisville, uh, which is kind of interesting, and St. Louis uh, and Washington uh, in the National League as well. That 12-team league played for eight years until 1899. Yeah, but, but then in 1900 is kind of the birth of essentially the, the modern National League in a sense. And so that 
condensed it back down, interestingly enough, because you had those 12 teams that were competing prior to 1900, and they actually brought that down to eight. And it was just Brooklyn, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New York, and St. Louis. And those are kind of considered the classic franchises of the National League. The New York Giants went to San Francisco, and the Dodgers uh, went to L.A., and that was all between 1900 and 1961. 61 years, they had the same basically eight teams yeah the only other move that took place at the time besides the new york giants going west and the brooklyn dodgers going west were actually the braves moving to milwaukee so they moved from boston to milwaukee and then that would eventually become later the atlanta braves right right now what's also interesting during this time is so you had eight teams in the national league for this entire period right yet the u.s population Grew from 76 million to 180 million. So the U.S. population almost doubled. More than doubled. More than doubled. Right. And you didn't have any more major leaguers. Right. So you would think the game should have improved. Pretty considerably in that time period just because the the number of players that were competing for the spots were just growing and growing. Now, of course, you know, before 1947, didn't let anybody but white people play, you know, in in baseball. So that also lowered the ability for really good players to, you know, come into the league. And finally, with Jackie Robinson, that happened. Uh, But there weren't a lot of uh, foreign players in the major leagues either at that time. And today, uh, those players make up... uh, 20% Twenty uh, percent or more of the major leaguers. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to think Foreign about how do. many people are now competing for the you know what eight eight hundreds. How many spots are in uh, the major there? Are eight hundred and eighty eight players on rosters opening day two thousand nineteen, and the U.S. population, as you may know today, is about three hundred and thirty million. So then you expanded that there's diff- twenty different nationalities in there, but you're not competing against nearly as many people. But still, when you think about it. It's a lot of people for not that many spots. So, and, and as we know, and in, in, in before 1958, when the Dodgers and the Giants um, left the New York area and, w- and went to the coast, the furthest west team, as we talked about uh, in our road trip episode last time, was St. Louis. Right, so that was the Western team, uh, and and it's just amazing to me that it lasted that way for such a long time until fifty eight and fifty nine, uh, and then we you know look at the American League, which is the junior circuit, yeah, which is it, it makes it just sound so much like inferior in and, some. And the National Leaguers love doing that kind of stuff, and it's such a stupid thing because that was a hundred and twenty years ago that the American League was founded, uh, and that was founded as a, an eight team league. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Washington. And a lot of those teams still exist today, although not in the same form. The the Baltimore team, for instance, became the New York Yankees eventually, believe it or not. And so you had like a couple really early moves of franchises. And that, that was something that kind of set it apart from the National League. Because, like, as early as 1902 or 1903, you started having Milwaukee and Baltimore move around. So that happened really early on, whereas that did not happen at all in the National League. No, not only within the league, right? So, so owners would take their teams out of the league and play in another league. The Federal League was you know, was around in in the early 1900s and then 10 to a 40. It didn't last that long, but took a lot of the good players, and so that really disrupted things in terms of you know continuity for teams because you just have to shut your team down sometimes because you couldn't get players. And, I mean, they didn't even stop losing teams throughout this time period, even in, like, the 50s, because didn't they lose a couple teams, like, during that time period, too, essentially? 
Uh, yes, I mean that teens that went out of business. Yeah. Um, well, not out of business. They moved. They they didn't disband. They didn't. Dis- so, okay. Right, so so you had the Browns in St. Louis, and we know that they moved in the fifties to be um, to become the Orioles. I should say in the sixties, um, and Philadelphia. They were the A's, right? I mean, we, we talked about their world championships mm-hmm. uh, over the years, and they moved to Kansas City. And uh, became the Royals. Uh, no, the, the Kansas City A's. Oh, the Kansas City before, A's. Not for, just for a couple of years, on their way to Oakland. Uh, before they became the Oakland A's. Right. So that is a continuity franchise, uh, but you know it was still you know one of the original ones that were still playing. So we didn't really have any expansion um, in, in the American League until uh, 1961, right, with the Angels. We well, had a couple of teams come in because it went from eight to ten, right? Right. right. I'm sorry. Right. The the Angels and the Washington Senators, and then the Wash, but the Washington Senators already were in the league, and they were renamed the Twins, right? Right. That's exactly what I was. I was waiting. So like you had the Twins, but then you and like they just like so you had the Minnesota Senators. And then you had the Minnesota Twins, and then you had the Washington Senators. I mean, there were no Minnesota Senators. They were just the, the Washington Senators that moved to Minnesota and became the Twins. Oh, okay, okay. So the Twins were not an expansion team. They were that lowly Walter Johnson Washington Senators team. Oh, that's got to be we- – that would that'd be so weird for fans of the Washington Senators back then because, like, in the one hand, all of the players you were a fan of were now – in Minnesota, but there was still a Washington Senators team playing right near you. It was it was there. It was the same team. Mm-hmm. It was the Griffith family that owned you know the Senators back then, and they still owned it even when they went to Minnesota and and started playing um, in Minneapolis. And this and then this is the time period where the A's finished their move from Philadelphia to Kansas City to Oakland, and they were finally in Oakland during this time period. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. So. Um, you know that that was uh, the American League expansion, uh, and that kind of stabilized there for a few years. The National League, as we know, in 1962, uh, Dieter Hart, the uh, the Mets, and the Houston Colt 45s came into the National League, uh, making the National League finally a ten-team league. The Colt 45s, you know today as the Houston Astros. Not surprised they changed that name. Well, actually, the Astros were named the Astros because they played in the Astrodome, hmm. um, which is interesting. That you know that they named it after a stadium that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> so um, also in 1969, uh, the AL added their teams, um, two teams, the Royals and the Seattle Pilots, who would not go on to become the Mariners. So, right, right. Interestingly enough, the, the Pilots, they, they lasted uh, one year. Um, and And basically, you know, I don't know how you put a franchise in a city and you do so poorly that you only can hang out there one year before you move. And they moved to Milwaukee and became the Brewers. And then during this time period, the NL kept up. They kept adding teams too, right? Correct, correct. So in 69, the National League added the Padres um, and the Montreal Expos. So that must have been a big deal for the Major League to add a team in Canada like that. It was. It's funny you say that. Um, it, It was a big deal. And I went to the first game the Montreal Expos ever played. It was at Shea Stadium against the Mets, and the Mets lost 11 to 10. Uh, in the 10th inning. It was cold, I remember, and I was very disappointed that they didn't win because I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, they that, and that was the first year of divisional play. So that's probably so, okay, the, so the biggest change that, that occurred in 
69 when you add the Royals, the Pilots, the Mets. Because now you have 12 teams and you can't do just one division. The Expos and the Padres. Because it's too many teams to just do a pennant race. Right. And so back, you know, before this, a second division team, I never understood this as a kid. You know, they said, oh, we were a second division team. And I never was, well, but there are no divisions. Um, No, that just meant you finished in the bottom half of the league. So you would refer to your team, the Tigers, you had a bad year. We were a second division team, even though it was only the American League and the National League. They were just within the league. You were on the bottom half. And it yeah, meant something. I, I, honestly, I actually kind of prefer divisional play to the strictly pennant chasing, like all teams in one league. Well, and and to create rivalries, right? You know, you, those those divisions had those teams playing each other more within their division than they would the entire league, and that remains today. You play nineteen games uh, in a hundred sixty-two game season against your own division, I think, uh, and then you split up the uh, non-division games and then the interleague games. Yeah, uh, but at least you know when you supposedly crown a division champion, that's what it meant in, in '69. You know, then you had a playoff. You know, that would determine. Th- so you had you know a better chance. Hopefully, of getting the best team in the league by having that playoff. Whereas before, you you won the pennant, you're in the World Series, it was over. Yep. So uh, in in '69, they and they and, and the shuffling of it, right? That was a little weird in '69 when they did expansion. Um, the Expos uh, were in the in the National League East with the Mets, Phillies. The Cubs and Cardinals, it's interesting that the Cardinals, which was formerly the furthest West team, is in the National League East. Um, but that's because the West Division had the Dodgers, Giants, Braves, Reds, Astros, and Padres. Now, you're a geography major, I'm sure. Um, I, I'm not, but wouldn't that's, you think Cincinnati is further east yeah, like, than that's St. Brutal. Louis? That's brutal <laughs> on the, the, the Braves and the the Reds, that they have to play in the West Division right, that right, whole time. Right. Right, and, and there's nobody around the Astros, right? Because you weren't playing interleague games in 1969. So, you know, the Astros are, are basically, there's it's a, it's a there's no close ones. At least the Mets and the Phillies, you know, that's a pretty close Chicago's team. not that bad. Or, St. Right. Louis is... St. Louis not too bad. Yeah. The Pirates, Pittsburgh isn't bad. So those were reasonable. The Expos, distance-wise, isn't that bad. It's just going to be going international, they which played, would be... They played in that freezing cold Jari Park up there before they built Olympic Stadium uh, in 1969. So in the American League, uh, it broke down to the... Orioles, the Red Sox, makes sense. The Yankees, yup. Um, the Indians, kind of weird. And the Tigers, but that's that's kind of easty, right? You know, mm-hmm. those are all relatively local. And the West had the Angels, uh, the new, the newly uh, born Kansas City Royals, uh, the White Sox, the Twiniters, the Twins, the twin, Twiniters. I like that. The, <laughs> the Twiniters, the Senators, and the Twins, <laughs> the Twiniters. twiniters. <laughs> I just made that up. Uh, and the Seattle Pilots uh, as well. And by the way, the Milwaukee Brewers, um, you know, didn't last very long at that point. They moved to Texas. And became the Rangers, which is where they are today. And then the not to keep up, they then added the Mariners in seventy-seven. Correct, correct. So that that's in the next round of expansion because after nineteen sixty-nine, there was no expansion until nineteen seventy-seven, as you say, which was just the Mariners. The National League didn't add any more teams. At right, this the time. Mariners and the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays. Oh, okay, they were no, the Blue Jays didn't come in until much later. No, no, no. That, that was that was it, it was nineteen seventy-seven. The Blue they, Jays came in seventy-seven. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 100%. So um, in, in 93 is when you added the Rockies and the Marlins uh, and the Rays. And no, Rays didn't come in in 93. Yeah, they did. No. They before that? They were after that. No, no. Rays came in in 98. 98? 98. Rays came in 98 right. with, right. with the Diamondbacks. You're right. You're right. 
Um, and the Blue Jays won the World Series in 93, so they definitely were not an expansion team. Um, so definitely 1977 for the Jays. Okay, so that's when they got up to 10, but you still only had the two divisions in the 70s. Cool. It wasn't until 93 when you added the Mar- – uh, when you added – the Marlins, the Rocky, and the Rockies. Did you go to the the East, Central, and West? Because now you had two. When did you go? No, to- no, that didn't even happen yet. In, in, in ninety four, I was. It was the year after. Um, ninety four was the f- okay. So wait, the ninety four was the first year of having three divisions. Correct. Okay, and and of course that turned out to be strike year. Huh. <laughs> so we didn't even finish the season. The first year of divisional play. Correct. It was in 95 where they had the crazy, you know, the first time with the playoffs and uh, and the Yankees in the three divisions, the the uh, East, Central, and West. So um, in, in, in 98, we added just two teams, uh, as we said, the, the Devil Rays, as they were called at the time, and the Diamondbacks. And we traded one. <laughs> yeah. Because we had to move the Brewers from the American League to the National League. So the National League actually has two more teams in it than the American League, which I think is really interesting. Right, right. And so Milwaukee, you know, always thought of as a National League team, uh, became an American League team for a while, and, and now they're back in the National League. But that's just to avoid schedule issues because if you had 15 teams in both divisions, both leagues, it would make things awkward. But it was odd because you had five teams in the in a couple of divisions and six in the other, so it was imbalanced. Yes. So um, – and then in 2005, uh, the Expos uh, decide to move to Washington and they become the Nationals. So uh, that's, you know, was just simply a franchise relocating um, and and no other teams, you know, moved around until they realigned in 2013. Right. And that's when they moved the Astros <laughs> back to the American League because now they now because of interleague play, they can balance the schedule and having those teams in both divisions and having an odd number of team in both divisions. And they had added the second wild card team in 2012, yeah. which which made a big difference. I think adding adding that wild card when you have more teams makes sense to me, you know, that, you know, it, it really helped avoid that situation where like you had one division where there were three fantastic teams and like one of them that wasn't going to make the playoffs even though had they been in like any other division right. they would have made the playoffs right right so you know today you know we know we know that we've got a very sort of balanced look if you look at all the divisions um although you still have some anam- an- anomalies here you have you know Houston is in the AL West um, okay, Houston's like right in the middle of the country, but there's no other. You got to put somebody there because there's no other Western team. And they're the most West team that's left available. You know, is Kansas City west of Houston? It's probably about the same. You know, so it's, it's not it's not far enough. And the same thing happens. You have the Pittsburgh Pirates in the and, and the Reds in the Central Division. Okay, I guess that's all right. Uh, the National League is sort of in better alignment geographically than the American League is. I definitely agreed in that. Like, like the worst journey if you're an NL East team in division is probably to Florida because that's like the furthest team from everybody probably. Right, right, right. In the NL Central, it's none of them are too bad. You're all right there in the middle of the country. Right, right, right. NL, NL West – None of them are too bad. You know, the furthest you're probably going is either to Colorado or to Arizona because everybody else is in California. So when they talk about, you know, expansion, right, and and uh, so the question would be uh, if you, there are, let's say, 880 or 900 players on, on rosters, um, and if we expand, 
and add teams. And there's lots of cities over the years that have talked about uh, Portland, Oregon has talked about getting a team, Sacramento in California. I don't know why Vegas doesn't look for a team. They got enough people in Vegas to support now two professional sports franchises. Because playing outside in vegas uh, play in a dome yeah, that, yeah if you yeah, put a dome yeah, in there not, you could probably run it for years you didn't have pro teams in vegas because you were worried about the association with gambling yeah but so if that's you could, why baseball never went there yeah and baseball because baseball has in had a much more tumultuous history right, right, specifically right. with gambling but and orlando florida's talked about I, as, as a market I, I, I struggle to put a team in or, or, or in florida when they can't support the teams they already have you have like the two least attended franchises in major league baseball both in florida you're going to really try and put a third team there it's interesting you say that because it was just this week where the tampa owner said that if they got only if they had to limit their attendance to ten thousand, it wouldn't be that different than what they have now and, and, and that's not like a shot at those fans like that has nothing to do with that it's just like you have two franchises already in the same state that don't get a lot of attendance why would you put a third there well that's a that's a different discussion right to think about how important you know which we believe it's critical but to the financial success of, of, of these teams having fans in the stands you still think is important but it probably isn't as important certainly in, uh, by a uh, long shot as uh, it used okay, to be you know what if i was a real mega mind to baseball owner right now, I would probably look at it and go, do I really need to have some kind of mega stadium that can house 30,000 people? More people are willing to watch it on TV. What if I reduce the number of seats in order to offer more premium experience to the people that came to the stadium? So so answer me this question then. Um, we talk about expansion, and, and traditionally, you know, old guys talk about, oh, the game is, you know, do diluted, and there's not enough pitching, and if we add more teams, there's going to be even less pitching, and you, you get into this whole downward spiral of how it's going to be a, a lesser game by adding more teams. I, I just don't see it because there's so many – one, you've got a much bigger pool of people you're pulling from. On top of that, you have a culture of people that have been raised on playing baseball specifically within America. And yeah, sure, I think youth participation is down, but that's relative. I mean let's put it this way. If only 45 percent of you know today's youth are participating in youth baseball from X age to Y age – it's still going to be a much higher number than back when it was probably like 70% in like the 50s and 60s because it's all anybody did. You know, I, I, I um, was was president of the Little League, as you know, at one point, and, and I would say to the parents going, you know, the Little League is not a funnel for your kid to go to the major leagues. Right. That's, it's not part of it's that. It's not about <laughs> that. But but what it is is that you have a culture of kids that are all playing baseball. Right. And you have that many people doing it, being raised by people that also played baseball. You're going to get major league players out of that at a much higher rate than if you only had people that were inspired to play baseball. Well, and and as we've talked about in, in prior episodes, the, the guys that had two jobs back in the day, right, you know, that, that would play baseball and then they had to take another job because they didn't pay in enough money. They were not training the way players do today and don't have the tools available to them that help them learn, get better, improve uh, anywhere near to what Right, and our ability today. to mold and shape a baseball players is better than it's ever been and and baseball and, and, and additionally you're not gonna ha- i am sure there were many talented baseball players that never got their shot back in like the 50s and 60s i bet that happened all the time either because, oh absolutely for, for a variety of reasons we, which we will not go into we will not go into <laughs> for very many crazy reasons that's not gonna sometimes happen. it was personal a lot sometimes of times it was, it was personal a lot of times it was personal it just didn't look right 
for a, and that could mean a whole well, the lot. The scout of just didn't like him, or yeah. he, he ticked somebody off, and I mean, just got buried. Look at, look at go watch Moneyball, and where they have the, the the old scouts have the conversation where they're like, "Well, he's got a hot girlfriend. That means he's a closer." That was literally the logic scouts were using back in the day. So that that was why, and and we'll we'll talk about this in a future episode when it comes to scouting these days without minor league season last year and another college season. It's hard to find players, but, but they have better methods now. You have much better methods now, and so you're you're not going to see top level baseball players or guys that could be top level baseball players never even get their shot no no absolutely and and as we say with with a, a population you know that is continuing to increase and f- people coming from all over the world to play baseball in the major leagues you know you see a lot of and you're not getting the raw undeveloped product no no overseas. you're getting a lot a lot of, look okay. the japanese leagues send more and more players yeah, the korean sending, leagues are and sending and more and more sending players their best players right I, and they're doing just fine at the major league level these are major league baseball players and, and, and yeah you're sure when you see a major league guy a major league guy like Eric Thames can go over to Korea and be a dominant force in Korea. But there you're then you're dealing with the inverse where you're dealing with a population that is much smaller than America and the competition level is going to be lower as a result until over time. They'll probably they'll eventually you will see a Korean team that will be produced that can play on the level of a, an American team. I, I think I think that's true, and and you know we had a discussion before. I I, I always think about you know how uh, China wants to have a championship soccer program, and and President Xi Jinping is is focused on this, and they're doing everything they can to get the best players and to train them and have these methods. And I thought, yeah, why why. With a billion four hundred million people, can they not find like twenty guys who play ridiculously good soccer? That's because they could probably choose find from. twenty athletes that are physically capable of playing really good soccer, but they don't have the ability to take those twenty guys that have the potential to be that and turn it, them into <clears throat> that. So you're saying this talent is it coaching? It's is coaching. It innate, is it innate knowledge of the innate it's, knowledge it's, of the it's game? It's a combination of coaching and culture. And being raised – because it's very different being – like if you're like one of those kids that probably gets fast-tracked into those elite China soccer programs, it's it's just not the same as those kids that grow up as probably it was for Messi growing up or Ronaldo growing yeah, up. It's just different. Only because of the, the tradition of the sport. The tradition and, and, of the yeah, sport. Maybe. And everybody – Maybe that's a factor. Yeah. It, it's just you're not – it's not – you almost want to make it into something it's not and being like it's the, it's there's almost a factory aspect of what they're trying to do in China where they're trying to manufacture these uh, unbelievable players and and they're all Chinese by the way you know uh, of the, and you've got and that's also part of it you don't have you don't have paper players and of the 882 players that that played an opening day in 19 251 of them were foreign born Mm-hmm. So you know, that's a pretty big percentage. That's not quite a third, uh, but that's a big percentage of the but people. So there's, there's nobody playing you know, in a lot of these other – that's the Chinese soccer program. There's there's no Koreans playing on that or, and, or anybody else. But when you, ha- you think about it, you have a Chinese guy that's never been a world champion trying to teach a Chinese guy who's not a world champion how to be a world it champion. Just, it just eventually – It's just hard. It has to happen though. It eventually the, will happen. Coaching will get better. The coaching will get, will get better. better. They, got, they got a bigger pool to choose from. And they got the biggest pool to choose from. Eventually, they'll get there. It's just how long will it take to get there because the other thing they're tr- – they're trying to compete against you know, France's and Germany's 
Tradition. Tradition of right, creating right. soccer kids, teams. Kids dream of being you soccer players in a way that hasn't happened. You there can't manufacture it like that in China. So so expansion here, we would we would agree that there's no reason that there should be a, a worry about a loss of overall talent. We're not worried about the fact that Chris Flexen, who was a uh, a fly by night Met pitcher over the past couple of years, just signed a contract for over two million dollars. He he couldn't make the rotation for the Mets, but somebody felt that he was good enough. And if you had a, if you had two more teams in the league he could be a number three starter on a I think like that I, I think also you look at this i mean nothing how, against chris flexen by the way i'm just saying how many kids in the minor league systems right now could compete at the major league level a lot a lot of them because if you're going to tell me that there are kids that are 19 20 coming out of college and capable of playing football but, at but the can perfect, they excel at the major league level that's a if different they can story. Ex- if they can excel if got kids that age could excel in football at mm-hmm. that level mm-hmm. they could definitely succeed in baseball at that level so i think if you expand teams especially with what looks like the looming reduction of minor league teams on the horizon. Good point. point. I think what you're just going to see is teams are going to be like, okay, you know what? That kid that I might have stashed in the minors until he was 22, I'm going to bring him up when he's 19 and see what he's got. That's a that's a great takeaway, right? That the game would seemingly get younger if you look at players like Juan Soto and how the impact he's had on the game at 20 years old when he was you know, vying for the most valuable player in the league. These kids can play at a super high level and excel. And the old, I think well, he needs more seasoning and let's not bring him up. Those days are going to have to go, particularly with fewer minor league teams with, associating and, with and MLB why, teams. And that's why? If you've got a kid point. that's capable of hitting minor league pitch, major league pitching from the day he's 19, what's he going to learn from two right. extra years of hitting triple a being lousier pitching that's so true absolutely so uh yeah i think uh expansion is is i don't know where it's going to come from actually but i'm i know rob manfred has, has talked about it um and i'm kind of surprised i guess in the current environment you're not going to hear too much i about think that's it. the biggest hurdle they're going to have to climb is that covid is how our team you're they're going to wait until they've recovered after covid to see what the post covid environment is like for a team before you'd ever commit to expanding to a new one the only thing that would expanding a new team would give you at least in that area would be the newness of having that team in that area right right and I that think. might give you a bump that would be helpful in this time because people would be more intrigued to go see a brand new team the shorter term hope is that next uh, october 2021 we have a world series full of baseball fans cheering and screaming and we're not talking about you know covid and and things are starting to you know look like they used to look when it comes to uh you know the world yeah, Series. i want to go to a met game this yeah, summer yeah yeah definitely thanks for listening subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and you can follow us on twitter at almost coop <laughs>